you are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach, and although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And if you are an author, then you are going to want to listen to today's episode because it doesn't matter how great your book is. If no one ever sees it, you will never, never have the effect that you want. So today I am glad to welcome Steve Kidd to the show. And we're going to be talking about effective book marketing. Now, Steve is a best-selling author, he's a business coach, and a radio show host, and he's passionate about helping others share their stories and achieve their dreams. He has published over 20 books and multiple bestsellers. Steve knows that a bestseller can turn you into an industry leader. His heart-driven approach has already helped thousands of people to make a positive impact on the world. So let's discover Steve's strategies for achieving bestseller status and becoming a go-to expert in your field. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thanks for having me, Kim. I really appreciate it. So Steve, this is your first time on the Author to Authority podcast. Um, I would love for you to just take a few minutes as we start. And just share a bit of your business story. How did all of this come about? How did you start publishing books and, you know, become now someone who coaches others to become a best? Absolutely. So my business story actually starts when I was five years old. Um, I actually began selling door to door when I was five years old. My parents had purchased a uh, set of holiday napkins and greeting cards for my brothers to they quickly decided that they didn't really want to be in sales. They'd rather mow lawns and stuff like that to earn money. Being the upstart little five-year-old that I was, I was like, can I go? <laughs> and, uh, you know, they packed up the bag, assuming that I'd get bored in five minutes, like, you know, is typical. Instead, I came back with an empty bag and a pocket full of money. And I've been in sales and marketing ever since. Um, at 19, I was a sales manager for um, actually a Kirby vacuum company. Um, in 1987, which I was basically 20 then, I started my own uh, marketing firm and have been uh, self-employed and in a marketing company role ever since. Uh, skipping forward to this thing we now call the internet. Um, in the days before that word actually existed, I was working in online space and bulletin boards and other computer-related digital marketing. Um, and then, you know, once the internet came about, of course, we continued on with the marketing company that way. 2007, we did our first book, made it a bestseller and discovered just how powerful bestseller is in all of your marketing. In fact, I'll go so far as to say, you're never going to maximize the marketing campaign that you have unless you have attached to it that you're a best-selling author or that it's a best-selling book. 
Um, and, uh, you know, since then I've been working with authors. I've worked with, had the privilege of working with almost 5,000 people now, helping them with their books, everywhere from writing to publishing to marketing their books to bestseller and beyond. Uh, and that's kind of the two-minute version of the last uh, 50 years of, or so of my life. What would you say was the hardest part in all of this? Because, you know, sometimes, you know, people look at people like you and think, Oh, right. I always love to hear the other side of the coin. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> so uh, through the course of that, you know, I've been through two marriages, uh, raised six kids. I was a single parent of five for almost five years, uh, lots of challenges. And there have been times when I've had to literally work a whole entire job to be able to afford to say that I was still self employed. Uh, you know, Always love doing the work that I've done, but that doesn't mean that it's always put money on the table. Uh, I used to, this is the silliest thing in the world to brag about, but I used to brag about the fact that I could make it through a month on less money than most people could make it through a couple of days or a week on. Um, that's not necessarily something to be proud of, but I was pretty good at managing money, but it, it does make it tough. You know, I didn't have big investors or people that just dropped massive tons of money on me. So I had to work and, and struggle and, and have things sometimes go right and sometimes go wrong and, and then move on from there. I love it. I love it. You know, cause sometimes there's this conception that if, if you're truly an entrepreneur, it's all going to work out for you. And it's just going to be this lovely straight line upward, right to success. And, Reality, most days it feels like a bowl of spaghetti and you probably don't have a half a clue which direction you're heading. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it needs to be the heart and soul and core of the passion of who you are as a person. Um, if you're just doing it because it sounded cool or because it was really trendy, uh, trends come and go. And then next thing you know, it's a lot harder than it was in those early days. And it's really hard to sustain fire under something unless it is who you truly are. Yeah, I believe that too. I believe that too. So Steve, I know you've come prepared today to share about effective book marketing. So I'm going to let you loose for a bit to share what you've prepared. Uh, then we'll talk about it. All right. Well, here's going to be the thing that will probably blow out everybody's holy cows and then we'll work our way from having destroyed everybody's expectations. Um, as I say in my 20th book, which is a number one international bestseller. Bestseller is only the beginning. Bestseller is day one of a, an effective marketing campaign. That's where your book really starts now is on the bestseller list. Now, before people are asking, it's like, well, then everybody's a bestseller. Well, no, the truth of the matter is out of the 80% of the people in the entire world that say they want to write a book, only about 5% ever do. And out of that 5%, only about 5% of those people ever make it onto the bestseller list. So it is still a significant thing. Uh, but bestseller is is your strategy for how you launch the book. There's a huge difference between just putting a book out there and then telling the world you did a book and actually having a marketing strategy, having mm -hmm. your book set up properly and all of those kind of things. So that's the number one and most important part of marketing your book is you've got to have that credential. Um, I even use this example in my book. It's kind of like if you want to be a doctor, 
the first thing you have to do is graduate from medical school. Now, when you walk across the stage, nobody hands you a stethoscope and a pad and says, here, start writing prescriptions. In fact, what they hand you is a great big bill. Um, and then they tell you, now you get to go and be an intern and do um, very much less than exciting work and work extremely long hours to really learn how to be a doctor. Um, graduating from medical school is really just passing a test to prove that you have the knowledge information of anatomy and physiology. That's really what that means. Um, and that's why sometimes people will be doctors um, and not go into that field. They'll do other things. Um, and uh, so that's important to understand is that that's the credential. That's a third party. In this case, I always rely on Amazon because they're the only statistically driven uh, bestseller list that I know of. And when we become a bestseller on Amazon, that's a third party that is, in this particular case, the place where most all books are sold, saying during this process of time, whether it was an hour or it was 10 years, doesn't make a difference. The book was on the bestseller list. Um, yeah. That's the credential where we start, um, just like when you graduated from medical school. Um, and then we build on top of that solid foundation, all of the things. Um, you know, a lot of people go into it had a good friend of mine actually that said, I wrote this book and I'm in love with it and I want to sell a million copies of the book. Uh, so, you know, Kim, I did actually outline to him a process how to sell a million copies of a book. It is doable. Um, it is not something magical like some of the Facebook ads I've seen where it's like how I sold a million copies of my book in 30 days. Yeah. If your name is uh, Tony Robbins, that's probably true. You know, if Beyonce brings out a book, she'll sell a million copies in the first 30 days. But if you're a brand new author, um, you know, you're probably, uh, you know, if you wanted to do a million copies of book sales, uh, you're probably looking at somewhere in, a, somewhere in the neighborhood of a three years to build the kind of community and the support and the following to do that number of sales. So it is doable. But then a you're making on average a dollar to two dollars, and that's if you self-publish on each, um, much less than that if you went through traditional or hybrid things. Uh, that is pretty much about the hardest way I can think of to go from zero to a million dollars. Um, if you took even something simple like a course or speaking engagements, you can make this much easier and uh, without quite as much work and stress be able to get there. So that's some of the basics. Uh, jump in, questions, Kim. Oh, good. Because I was, uh, I was just going to say, you know, there's prevalent teaching that's going around, and I'm, I'm sure you've kind of heard it that, you know, write a book, and it's a field of dreams, and everything to come, and you know, yeah, you can sell a, a million books in 30 days, and you know, yeah, if you've spent the last 20 years building an audience, maybe. You know, I, I love the fact that you covered that thing that you know, just aggravates me to no end when I, when I talk to authors who have this amazing book and such a wonderful dream to get that book out there. And they've been to suggest it makes angry. Yeah, for sure. We have to understand that the average book sells 40 copies ever in its lifetime. So that means that the books that sell millions are skewing all the ones that sell none <laughs> back to every single book that exists. Uh, the average is 40 books ever sold, 
Okay, so that's a really number. Um, and we need to understand that when we're going in to talk about book sales so that then we put in an intentional marketing process, whether that be for selling the book or for uh, maximizing the book for other things or, you know, giving the book away for free or the myriad of different marketing mm-hmm. options that a book could, uh, could be most for. Yeah, yeah. So where would be a place, so, so let's say we've got someone who's listening today who's an, um, and, you know, what would be a good place for them? Um, absolutely. If your book is an alert, um, the very number one thing you want to do is make your book. Um, the bulk of, and this is, again, one of the things that it's kind of like when I tell people that there's no Santa, you know, when you found out as a kid that there's no Santa Claus, um, it is a system. It's not. Um, most of becoming a bestseller on Amazon has to do with understanding how to do the search engine optimization for the search engine that is Amazon and their algorithm. That's where you're going to start. That's your foundation. Um, from there, you need to have a marketing plan in place for exactly how you're building your community. Um, Seth Godin says, better to have 100 raving fans than 10,000 people who could care less. I think yeah. that's a very good way of looking at how we market our book. And then we have to have a system for um, how are we going to really get those hundred raving fans, you know, not just mm-hmm. going on Facebook and friending, you know, I mean, you could go on Facebook and you just randomly send friend yes. requests and get to 5,000 pretty quickly. doesn't mean any of those people would ever, you know, give a care about anything you're doing. So it is about intentionally having that. So let's take a look at maybe a few practical steps, because I always love to give the audience something specific that they can do. So if they're looking at preparing, um, you know, to do like a bestseller launch, what would be some things that you suggest that they could do right now? Obviously, this is a specialized skill, so they're going to need help with it. But is are there a few things they can do to prepare the book ahead um, so that when they go to work on um, they've got some of the big Um Well, and, and I always recommend to people, it's like, you know, bring me into your world as soon as possible, like when you're thinking about it, so I can save you from all the ditches on both sides. But often that isn't the case, and that's okay. We don't. Um, some of the first things you need to do is you need to really, truly understand as you're in the book, both the words that the people that you want to, to read your book are using, and then being what I call vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in our sharing our stuff, both and um, where we really can people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty normal when we're going through something, and the worse it is, the more we tend to isolate and feel like nobody in the world has ever gone through this before. And we all kind of go there, even though we're in a room. I, I saw this happen when my mother-in-law was going no. Um, there was a room full of people all going through chemo and every single one of them was isolated. And if you went up to them, I'm kind of an outgoing person. So I did that. Each one of them was feeling alone and lonely and like nobody else in the world understood what they were going through in this room full of people that were literally going through exactly what they were going through. Um, you know, that's the same with us. And so in us sharing the vulnerability of, hey, I've been through this thing. I know what it's like. I know where you're at. Let me show you the rocks in that swamp that I found 
that I could step on and uh, all the places that I fell into the swamp and missed the rock so that maybe you won't do that or maybe at least one of the times you won't have to get the muck all over you like you did. Um, that number, that, that's really the very first place to start is talking the right language and being vulnerable and valuable. To I so agree. I so, you know, and I, I don't know whether you agree with this or not. One thing I've learned is, is that, you know, being valuable in your book means giving away. And I've, I've had clients say to me, but if I give it all away, then they hire me. But what I've learned is that even if told them exactly what to do, they still won't, don't want to do it themselves. Either A, they, uh, which isn't the case with entrepreneurs, or B, they just aren't sure, even if you've told them, because they know they're going to have questions and what if and all these things. So, you know, being valuable in your book means you can give away a lot of information and they're still going to come into you. And in fact, sometimes the more information you give, the more valuable you become shown that expertise. So I'd love to hear your thoughts, Steve. Well, number one, you're absolutely right. You could tell people absolutely exactly what you do, how you do it every single step of the way. In fact, I just created a course that we're in the process of rolling out that takes all of the 75 steps of me doing your book for you and walks you through every single one of them individually. I'm going to teach them every single um, And, uh, you know, if you want to do it yourself, that's great. The truth of the matter is, is that even when telling people that, very rarely do people do it. They either want somebody to do it for them or they just simply don't do it. So that's the first part of it is understand, um, you know, the more that you give, the more that you'll receive. And I suppose that's probably really the best way of putting it. And then second to that, and probably the maybe little bit of pushback, I don't really think it's pushback to what you're meaning, but um, is the fact that we tend to, especially with our first book, I did it with you, um, we just give everybody everything. You know, we just, everything we know in the whole world, and we just vomit it all into the whole year book. Um, and it becomes this tome and it just, uh, insurmountable for the person to read. And so what I recommend to people is take a point, make it really clear and give them a clear action from that point. And then if there's a second point, make that a second book. Um, it's kind of like old, uh, for those of you that are old enough, remember uh, Santa Claus is coming to town, the winter warlock and the song put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walked across the floor. Those of you that are old enough, you're all laughing at that. Those of you that are younger are asking me how great I am now. Um, look it up in the movie. Um, <laughs> but that's really what we want to do is help people take one to the other. You know, one of the things that I, I've described to my clients is, is that, you know, you want people from point A to point B. They're, they're day to point B. But there's all these things between point A and point B. You know, when I talk to them, I use it on a scale of one to 10. So, you know, one, two, three, um, probably the hardest steps that they've got to take. These are the beginning steps. They they don't know what they're doing. They're unsure of themselves. Right? And then, you know, like four, five, six is sort of that middle section where they're on the road, but, you know, they're getting bogged down. And then 79, they're almost there. And then 10, they're there. But I've always explained that most of your book should focus on one, two, and three. You want to sprinkle in a little four, five, six. Mm -hmm. You want to do a little, tiny little bit of seven, eight, nine just to give hope. But, you know, you've got to get them past those first three hurdles before they even start to think that it's possible. And then that's usually how I describe how we do the book. So, yeah, you're giving away a lot, but you're 
you're not always giving away anything because they're not ready for everything. So you have to gauge the book to where they're at and what do now. There's no use telling them seven, eight, nine, and ten if they can't get past one, two, and three. Perfect example of that is if you've ever read the book Profit First, love the book, love Mike Bacalowitz. I interviewed him on my show. Great book. But there is a place actually first. Um, I listened to it on audio. So Mike actually says, stop here and go do what I taught you before you move on. Truth of the matter is, is Mike should have stopped the book right there. Because as people, we want to finish. We want to cross the line. Yes. We want to pass the test. We want to get to the end of the book. And so what we all do is we're like, yeah, 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 I'm going to do that, but I'm going to keep reading. Or, you know, especially if you're on audio and you happen to be in a car or something, you're not just going to turn the audio off and sit there in silence for the rest of the drive. You just keep listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and the problem is then is the step two or or she had step 10 and you haven't done step one. And then step 10 doesn't work because it's built on the process of going step one, two, three, six. Um, and, uh, and then it doesn't work. And then you're like, Oh, well, this system doesn't work. It's a total failure because you didn't do step worst. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Agree. So Steve, this is a question that I ask every single author who Joe. And so if you're a regular author to authority listener, you know, next, but here's Steve, what was the good, the bad and the ugly about publishing your first. (laughs) So, um, my first book, which was originally called 10 things you have to have to succeed in life and business. I was actually originally writing a, uh, free giveaway, you know, for your opt-in on, um, supposed to be, you know, a page or two, maybe three at the most. You don't want to overwhelm people. It's supposed to be a free giveaway. 110 pages. Um, <laughs> and that was, uh, you know, that was Word document pages. It was a huge. Um, uh, yeah, that, so like 150 yeah, plus pages yeah, by the time. And, uh, you know, and I, and I put it out that way because I didn't know any better. I had a my mentor, my oldest mentor, Dr. John Joy, actually came in and wrote the forward and helped me put it together. And and he's old enough school that he'd written uh, a lot of 350 plus page books. So for him, it's normal. Um, you know, the truth of the matter is, in my is, uh, you know, nobody really wants to read a three age book. Uh, and we could talk about the statistic on that later. But um, I ended up actually re releasing that book as 10 individual books. And each of those books is probably you know, 70 to a hundred print just, um, you know, when it's actually done, you know, when you have the forward and the conclusion individually for each of them. So that was, that was pretty, uh, um, but it was just, you know, me spewing everything and me feeling like, um, just part. And, and I think I'd have to say this universally with every book and every author I ever worked with is that, that you are an author. Yes. Because we all, the night before, go through, and I even do it. You know, I mean, I've got 21 books now, and all of them are books. Uh, and yet, we go through that process the night before where it's like, if it didn't. You know, and then we start the campaign, and, and the nature of how Amazon statistics works, it's six or eight or 12 hours before the statistics start showing up. And you're like, what if I'm the first one that it didn't ever work? You know, I've done this for thousands of people. You know, and then you have to stop yourself and go, no, the process works. It does. Um, but, you know, that's can be really nerve wracking. And it's kind of also very vulnerable because it's like you're putting your baby out there into the world and letting the whole world 
Um, and so that moment when you officially are a best-selling author, mm-hmm. it's just such a great feeling to be able to do that. And every single time you reach it, it it's, it's cool. Um, and of course, I'm blessed to be able to get that um, all the time with my author. So that's pretty um, so um, I did the the good and the bad, I guess. So, um, well, so here's we book, and we know absolutely what we intend to say, and then we send it. I love to call yourself the extraordinary ninja. Um, I have a, I have a story development editor that I work with, and uh, I'll be all proud of the book, you know, and be like, oh man, I wrote this thing; it was just amazing. And then she'll come back with an edit and be like, this didn't make sense. And that didn't make sense. And, and, and the other is, um, this is really going behind the curtain. The ugly is when you're reading that email or going through the Google Doc or whatever, you know, and the person is tearing apart this baby that you just are so, you know, so enamored with. And you're like, you know, kind of cursing their name a little bit, you know, behind the scenes, you know, you go through it and you fix it later. But, you know, to start with kind of like, I can't believe that. Stupid. <laughs> um, I thought the book was better. I worked so hard on this. I thought it was better than this. She, yeah, she just doesn't understand. If she knew, you know, and then you work through it and then you're like, oh, yeah, that point really did make a lot of sense. And as I reread that sentence, it, it absolutely is completely incoherent and, uh, you know, needs to be torn out or at least completely rewritten in order to have the book be destined for the fireplace <laughs> well it's it's almost like some well i think I, i'm sure it is your brain is moving faster than your fingers and and so it sounds really good in your brain but your fingers don't catch all the words and all of a sudden this sentence that just doesn't seem to make sense. <laughs> well and even with i encourage people to use speed right um to do it via interview or to interview themselves and talk it out um, and the problem you run into when you're speaking out the words of your book is, number one, squirrels. You know, you just get totally distracted on something that has nothing to do with what you're talking about. And although it felt amazing to you when it was coming out, it really just has nothing to do with the topic about. Um, and then secondarily, just, uh, you know, the things that you're working through yourself mm-hmm. that um, you have to learn it. My, my book usually I can do a book in about 30 to nine my own. And I do that most of the time with my authors too. My 21st book took me about two and a half years because as I was going through the content of it, I realized I had to learn. I had to grow. I had to be more in order to be able to present and to take on the challenge of what was coming out of me in that book. And so, you know, that's some of the things you're. Yeah. My first book in terms of, you know, I had written books before I became a publisher, but my first book after I became a publisher, it actually took several years. Well, first of all, I was writing everybody else's books. So you only have so much mode. Uh, but there came a point when I was working on it and then I would stop just, it just wasn't quite there. And so I, I would take breaks from it. But when I finally did get back to it and I, I sort of restarted again, I realized that it was probably best that I didn't try to force the book out when I was originally doing it because I had, you know, it was two, well, I think it was about two and a half years for me to write my book. It's the same type of thing. I had grown so much um, as an entrepreneur in my understanding, you know, understanding my clients and everything that waiting for it, it came under book. 
than as just trying to force something out as because. Mm, Yeah. Now the flip side, I will say to the listeners, because the listeners are all going to latch a hold of that now and give themselves an excuse uh, is the place that you're at right now. There's somebody that's a step five steps, 10 steps behind her right now. You're going to continue learning and growing and have more to give them two years from now. Um, yes. And you may have to even completely redo the book or do another book. Don't not share with the people. Don't not. That's really foolish. Um, with the people where you are and what you know now, because yeah. then that you know now can literally be life and breath for somebody who is behind you and needs that information now. So don't make them wait the two and a half years while you're growing up. I oh. point all my fingers back at myself for what I said I did. <laughs> I I so agree. I think it's I think as a publisher, I knew the book. Oh, for me, it wasn't a matter of stopping the but changing the process a little bit. But I know with a lot of people, they could say that and then they use it as an excuse to never get their book done. I think with me, you know, we've published books and that, so it wasn't like this was my first book. But I, I do agree with you and. You know, when you, one of the best ways is to actually work with someone. If you've mm-hmm. never done a book before, work with someone who's doing, um, you know, invest that money. First of all, it's going to be a higher book, but also the process is not going to leave you wanting to throw your computer. Um, ask me how I know that. My first few books, the computer almost went out the window several times because I had no clue what I was doing and I was figuring everything out on my own. And the only reason it didn't is because I was married to a computer guru. And if I threw the computer out the window, I'm immersed right now. Hmm. Anyway. The advantage of desktop computers, they're a lot harder to pick up and throw out the window. <laughs> so true. I had a laugh. Well, Steve, we've come to the end of our time today. So I would love for you to share one final thought. And if people have enjoyed uh, today's conversation, how can with you? So for one final thought, I want to reiterate, we've said it a couple of times, but I want to make sure people hear it clearly. Someone is on you. There's somebody yeah. that's making a bad decision. They made it yesterday. They're going to continue making it until that very thing that you do, that in fact, it may be so easy for you that when you're thinking about writing a book, that's not even what you're thinking about writing because obviously everybody ought to do that. There's somebody that it's very difficult for them and they're waiting for you to share the magical way that you do that thing, which isn't so super simple for you. Um, so get that book out there. Don't wait. Help the people. That stuff inside of us is only as good as we give it away. You know, I mean, we want to use it in our lives too, but it's really intended for us to give it away. So that would be my advice to you. As far as for those of you that would like to connect with me more, um, you do see on the screen, asksteevekid.com. We'll take you straight to my schedule. I'm glad to talk to anybody anytime. But I do have a free gift for you. If you go to ongoingwealthguide.com, that's ongoingwealthguide.com. Um, that's a free, and this is really a free uh, you know, giveaway. It's not 110 pages. It's just a little document that has five little steps to be able to tr- truly create abundance in life. 
Um, so meaning that, you know, some days we look at the bank account and it's than others. Um, and if you put a big, huge deposit down on a house, uh, bank account's going to be severely depleted from where it was the day before you made that deposit. doesn't mean you're any less blessed or any less abundant. just means that, you know, the abundance is flowing in a different way. And this guide is really there to help you have a five-step formula that no matter what's going on in your life, you can stop, reboot, reset, and begin the process again of growing and thriving and really being abundant in your life. So absolutely go get of um, ongoing wealth. Awesome. Thanks you so much, Steve. This has been Kim Thompson and Steve Kidd on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on next episode. You've been listening to the Author to Authority podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.